Welcome back to Peace Learn Health. I am your host, Marina, and I am here to educate you, inspire you on your wellness, mindfulness, and inner journey to self-improvement. Guys, get excited because today I had the honor to interview Lizzie, Coach Lizzie. So Coach Lizzie and I, um, over the summer, we got to know each other and we did a summit with amazing other people and she's a sweetheart. I personally am so fond of her and she basically is a certified personal development coach. She is based here in New York and she is basically an expert at self-awareness and for anybody who really wants to get really deep into basically knowing yourself and everything of that sort I would not say it any further to definitely um, do your sessions with her she does one-on-ones she does workshops and she does group sessions so she basically has been living um her dharma in other sense because she suffered through a lot of um struggles throughout her life like eating disorders anxiety depression panic attacks and she was dealing with a lot of self-doubt and she is a mirror of basically what mental health is and she has overcome all that and she is the amazing coach that she is today so i cannot stress enough how much um she is so knowledgeable about what she does because she herself has experienced it and so that being said i hope that you guys really get to research about her and do your homework on her and get to know a little bit more about coach lizzie and in this website you'll get to know the little nitty-gritty stuff but like i said i really recommend you guys check out her website she has a tiktok and she's really blown up her tiktok and she actually is launching um by the time that this is out she has launched her merchandise on but why because that is something that she is known in tiktok for so check that out as well if you have the time and your energy check out her tiktoks and she basically talks about all things so check her out and without further ado here is today's podcast see you to our special guest lizzie hi lizzie how are you Hi, Maureen. I'm doing so well. Thank you. How are you doing? Good. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes, of course. So I am a certified personal development coach. Um, I'm the founder of my coaching practice that's called Elizabeth Vibes Consultation. And it's this professional training and coaching practice that's based in New York City. But of course, now that we are all virtual, it's virtual as well. Um, I received my certificate from Robbins Madonna's training, which is the official coach training school of Tony Robbins. Um, I'm also an ultimate portion fix master coach. I've been life coaching on YouTube and most recently on TikTok. Um, I'm also a podcast host and I'm also a soon to be certified flow coach. Um, training and development is something that is a very big passion of mine and I've been professionally coaching and mentoring um, several participants through the Dale Carnegie's eight-week course, 
And I'm also currently working towards obtaining a certificate in neuroplasticity, in mindfulness-based cognitive therapy, and um, in neurolinguistic programming. Wow, that's a, a lot of different things. I love it. <laughs> yes, thank you. That's amazing. So for those who don't know, can you tell us a little bit more about what a personal development coach does and what does a typical day look like for you? Oh, those are great questions. So to answer the first question about what personal development coach does is we essentially work with clients, either one-on-one or also in group sessions, um, focusing on specific blocks that are keeping you stuck from achieving your goals. And so personal development is something that really encompasses all areas, whether that be relationships or career or your personal life. Um, I'm actually certified to coach in all of those areas. And so I primarily focus on um, triggers and understanding belief systems. Really what I have found in my practice, as well as with myself, is that when we establish or adopt a belief system, it's this almost rule that tells us what we feel we can and cannot do or what we are able or not able to do. And so I help to identify what those belief systems are so that if they are no longer serving someone, we break through them and we create new empowering belief systems so that you can really thrive in your life. And I would say that the two areas that I really specialize in is um, self-acceptance slash self-love and self-confidence. So those are the, um, if we're talking about like cause and effect, that is what um, the clients that I work with, they, you know, really cultivate self-love and really feel like they're thriving with confidence in their lives after these one-on-one sessions and the group sessions. So that's a little bit about what I do as a coach and what personal development is. (laughs) Great. And can you just share a little bit about like a rundown of your day to day? Yes. So typical day for me, um, I am not a morning person, but I have been getting up at 830 to feed my kitty, which has been a really big gift because otherwise I don't think I would have gotten up that early, (laughs) but (laughs) I love starting off my day with learning. So as I am truly passionate about personal growth and personal development, I don't just talk about it with my clients, but I also practice what I preach. So the first hour of my day is spent either studying for the various certificates that I'm doing right now, or it's spent, um, I've got these incredible mantra and affirmation decks from Gabby Bernstein. So I'll spend some time in reflection. Um, And I also love to be able to just like set good intentions for the day. So I would say that that's the the trifecta, these like three pillars of of what I make sure to incorporate in my morning. And it really helps to set the tone for the day. Um, I have recently started my day job again as a recruiter. So I've been Um, professionally career coaching people for the last five, six years. And so during the day, I spend my time career coaching. And that generally looks like going in and out of meetings. But I make sure above everything that part of my daily practice is drinking a lot of water. And I do a workout every single day. So whether it's like a 20 minute workout, like a stretch and release, or a 20 minute high intensity interval, um, there are certain things that are like 
non-negotiable for me to miss. And that is absolutely one of them. Um, and making sure that I'm drinking enough water, taking stretches and breaks from the computer throughout the day. Um, and then my evenings are really spent with clients. So I would say that from generally like 6.30 to about 8 or so is what I do spending time with clients. Um, so it's really, I feel so, you know, blessed and lucky to be able to say that I'm able to do both things that I really love every day. That's, that's really inspiring and amazing, honestly. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, question. So if someone were to go for you, um, one-on-one coaching versus the group coaching, can you tell us a little bit, like, what's the difference between the two? Yes. So there's a, a not a massive difference, but the primary difference is that working one-on-one with me, it's personalized attention to what the client is looking for. So in a group session, for example, it's more structured. I have an agenda where we'll say, okay, today we're going to learn more about how to become more resilient, or we're going to look at um, a meditation exercise that's like a guided meditation or a guided visualization. So there's more structure to it. You're still learning about yourself and it's still learning from the collective because people that join they're able to ask questions and I'll do um, some coaching with the person, but I might not be able to answer everyone's questions and it might not always be super specific to that individual. So if someone is looking for very, very specific um, personalized coaching or, or maybe if it's not even specific, but you just feel like it would really benefit you and empower you to have that one-on-one time, Um, all of the sessions are very directed towards that individual. So that's the primary difference. Great. So I noticed in your website, for those who don't know, um, you have workshops. Can you tell us a little bit more about that as well? Yes, absolutely. So the workshops are similar to the group coaching. Um, The workshops, I primarily focus on like self-awareness is the main bucket. If we look at the umbrella of what the workshops are, it falls under self-awareness. And so what that further breaks down into is coping strategies, mindfulness exercises, um, self-reflection again, doing lifting, learning about emotional intelligence, learning about habits, talking about self-esteem. There's a lot of um, strengths explorations as well. And I would say that taking if we looked at the, the, my services as like, um, like a triangle, the one-on-one coaching is like the tip of that triangle because it's very specific. It's one-on-one attention. The middle section is like the group coaching sessions because there's structure, but there's still the ability to ask questions and have it be a little bit more personal. The workshops are very much, here's a lesson plan. And as if you were, you know, student teacher sitting in on a course, like a student teacher kind of thing. Exactly. Yes. So it's more about like learning a skill or sharpening a skill, um, through the different experience that I've also had doing like a lot of networking. I'm very skilled in, um, developing soft skills. And so, yeah, I would say that the workshops are more teacher students for the purpose of really 
you know, developing those skills. So what would be like a suggestion or basically to, to someone who's like very busy and can't find the time for themselves, quote unquote, um, what is a practice that you would suggest for self-awareness? Hmm. So one thing I will say, and I very much appreciate your question, I feel that when it comes to certain resources like time or money, a lot of the times when people feel like they don't have enough of that resource, that could also be a belief system that is like letting that person think that. And sometimes it really is the case. I mean, I'm totally mindful that people have children and they have two jobs and some people are working, you know, other, other positions and, and studying. Like I'm super, super mindful of that in my personal experience. And what I've seen with my clients is that when it comes to creating various habits that basically you're looking at your day and you're incorporating these, these ways of, making self-care and making yourself a priority. Mm -hmm. What's really interesting is for me to see people find the time. And, And again, what I mean by that is like, you can't literally go and find the time. But when we make these non negotiables to ourselves and we say, okay, if I have this goal that I'm going to work on my nutrition and I'm going to work on my, you know, fitness, I am going to carve out whether that means waking up 20 minutes earlier to get this cardio in or going to bed 20 minutes later. Like I am going to do what I can within my 24 hours that I'm given to really make this part of my day in the most empowering way. And I know that for some people who are listening, that could seem like very daunting. Um, but that's why I believe that self-awareness is absolutely step one to healing, to learning, and to growing. And so working alongside me or a life coach, for example, will help that person really feel like they are in a place, a very safe place, where they can learn how to manage their time versus letting their time manage them. But for people who are not quite at that place quite yet. And I do want to use the word yet because there's lots of power in that word. It means that there is room for possibilities in the future. Um, (laughs) I would say that um, before getting started on your day, even if it's for like 10 minutes, one of the most empowering self-awareness practices is to make a list of either three things that you're really grateful for or writing down three things that you like about yourself or identifying three things that you would say are part of your strengths, whatever that may be. And even if it's the same thing for a week, you know, just being able to sort of get into that practice of really honoring yourself and where you are and being very patient and showing yourself love and compassion. um, It doesn't have to be this like lengthy thing. I think when people think of yoga or meditation or self-care practice, they think that they have to dedicate you know, all the time in the world, but really it it starts small. So just take baby steps. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I 100% agree with that. (laughs) Great. So I have a very interesting question for you. What does a warrior mean to you? Oh, I love that question, Marina. Thank (laughs) you. To me, 
Warrior means resilience. That word resonates with me so strongly and so deeply because when I think of like a mental health warrior, someone who is looking at obstacles and challenges and adversities in life and you know we're we're human so we're going to look at those things like these massive walls in front of us but thinking through the eyes or the mindset of a warrior is like i am going to try anyways or i am going to overcome that anyways and that is something that for me i've you know my almost 30 years on this planet i have moved 17 or 18 times between three different states and five different cities and I've changed jobs multiple times and I have been through a lot of ups and downs in my personal life and even just you know four years ago I was in a very deep dark depression where I was experiencing suicidal thoughts and I was just in a very very depressed state and resilience is something that I really honor in myself because whenever I felt like I was presented with a challenge, I threw down a challenge to myself to overcome that. And so warrior means trying as hard as you can. And the picture that comes to mind for anyone who is a Marvel person, I'm really big into (laughs) superheroes. Um, I love Captain Marvel. And the scene that comes to mind when I think of warrior is the scene towards the end of the movie, and I don't mean to spoil it for people, but when she discovers that the people in her life were suppressing her powers by putting this chip in the back of her head that was keeping her from fully achieving success or fully embodying the superhero that she is. When she realized that that chip was behind her, there was this scene where At first, it was um, various images of her as a child or growing up, falling down, whether it was falling down from a bicycle or whatever, just that picture of very human, right? Like life happens, you fall down. And then as the scene progresses and she recognizes her strength and recognizes her power, the second series of visions or of um, flashbacks that you get is the same clips, but of her picking herself back up, of her standing up anyways. And like, there is just so much power. I have goosebumps as I'm sitting here, just thinking about that scene and just reflecting on that word. Because to me, that right there is like the picture perfect, like, you know, scene that that helps to describe what that word means to me. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, of course. Thank you for the great question. (laughs) So, okay, let's talk silver lining. How can someone find one when they are in an ongoing negative situation? Mm, Great question. So a silver lining, I can use myself as an example where, as I mentioned about the various states and cities and (laughs) jobs that I have had as like a constant change in my life, when I was in a state of mind, constantly recalling these memories of, you know, feeling frustrated or being angry with my parents for having us move again, I was seeking those silver linings through 
really looking at the lessons behind the things that were going on. And it's not always easy. This is definitely, you know, a muscle to exercise. And if we were to picture, you know, someone at the gym picking up a dumbbell and doing curls, you know, that's us working a physical muscle. But we have the same ability to exercise our mind. You know, our, our brain is, is a muscle too. And we absolutely have the, the power and the ability to exercise it. And so being able to look at the silver lining takes practice. Um, but as I mentioned before, really starting small is, is key. So for example, the very first time that we moved, that the one that I can remember because I was old enough to be angry with my parents, um, I asked myself a question like, what can I gain from this? And not to make it like about me versus my parents, but I really wanted to see, and I, I'm grateful that even as a child, I was able to look at things in this perspective, but I thought, what opportunity is this giving me? And I found that one of the biggest opportunities, so one of my biggest silver linings across the different moves is that it gave me the chance to meet new people. And I, I would say, and also kind of give credit to the fact that because I was sort of placed in a position, you know, that moment of being pushed in the pool and like, okay, learn how to swim, like go ahead. Right. Um, I feel that I have to give a lot of those experiences credit for me being this extroverted, you know, outspoken person, because I've had lots of exposure to being the new kid on the block to always having this, you know, you need to be in this school and now we're moving and now you need to be in this school. So um, it wasn't always easy, but even just finding one lesson or one opportunity in a situation that seems very challenging can start guiding you to really seeing um, what the potential, you know, lesson or growth could be from, from that experience. And then that'll help you moving forward with other ones as well. I love how you actually reflected on that because it's like very interesting just to see the idea of, even though you were the new kid, you faced that. And because of that, you were able to be very social and that made you have that type of personality where you could just be like that with everybody else. And that's why, you know, you're so um, very well driven with, you know, just having th these different backgrounds and all these different skills. So I, I applaud mm -hmm. you for that, for sure. Oh, thank you. So um, let's discuss a little bit about fight and flight. What are your mm. top three tips when you have to tame this concept or this idea? So meaning like when someone is in a fight or yeah. flight? So that is a really great question. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when we are born, really, we are placed in this environment where we feel like we need to either fight or flight. And what I've been learning in my courses and even as I became a certified life coach is that a lot of the decisions that we make are from obviously when we're young, but when we're young, we are in a state of fear or of fear of judgment or fear of making a mistake. Like there are so many things that start to teach us 
what right and wrong is or start to teach us what good versus bad is. And so when someone is in a fight or a flight response, that is absolutely like the peak of anxiety, the peak of overwhelm. A lot of the time panic attacks happen. I'm absolutely part of that. I experienced debilitating panic attacks as a kid. Um, And the way that you can really work with yourself, and this is like a self-help technique, is to ask yourself, well, first and foremost, remind yourself that you are safe. And the second thing is to take a step back and to sort of challenge what is happening around you and see what kind of evidence is supporting that fight or flight response. And so an example could be, I suffered from emetophobia as a child. Um, That is a subset of OCD, which essentially means a debilitating fear of throwing up. Now, I know that throwing up is not a pleasant thing. It's not like people enjoy it or, you know, whatever. But emetophobia is like a literal phobia of throwing up. And so for me, a lot of my triggers were food. So I had an eating disorder because I thought if I don't eat, then um, I won't throw up. But what happened was by not eating, I was still getting pains in my stomach. I was still having, you know, side effects of not eating, which would trigger the panic attack. So I was in a constant fight or flight response because I had social anxiety. I was like, if I go anywhere and I throw up, God forbid, like, what's going to happen? What are people going to think of me? So what really helped calm me in those moments was talking to myself in like the third person. And it sounds really silly, but there's a lot of power in being able to say, hey, Lizzie, hold on a second. You're safe. Right now, whatever it is that you're experiencing, take a nice deep breath. It, it, a lot of the time, it's, it's the breath um, when we start to breathe in and out heavily and very quickly, the heart starts to race. So I would take longer breaths, talk to myself in the third person, and try to really assess the situation. A lot of the times, if I was able to catch the panic attack before it happened and sort of ask myself, is anyone even looking? A lot of the times, we think that we're on this spotlight. It's actually called the spotlight effect, where we feel like everyone around us has eyes and attention on us. And what we can be very surprised to, to learn and to realize is that a lot of the times people are, are not paying attention to you because they're in their mind and they're paying attention to themselves. And so we're able to really look at what's happening around us and give ourselves comfort in those moments. Okay, great. So I, I really appreciate that you gave us that tip because I feel like a lot of people nowadays are going through a lot of, you know, this idea, especially with what's going on now with anxiety and dealing with all this um, that's going on in 2020. So thank you for sharing that with us. Oh, of course. And I can totally empathize and understand, like, especially someone who has lived with OCD, a lot of my obsessions were around like ruminating, which is, you know, worrying about the past and, and worrying about questions that were 
I was not able to answer. And a lot of, a lot of us now during COVID have experienced, you know, immense amounts of uncertainty. And so what I have been really sharing with my clients as well is that when we are feeling out of control or we are feeling uncertain about things, ask yourself the question, what do I have control over? Even though there are things that I don't have control over right now, what can I control or what do I have control over? And even if it's one or two things, just being able to really recognize that we do have power also helps with the anxiety level, with the overwhelm, um, because you're giving that power back to yourself. And that's very important. Yeah, I agree. And it's definitely true. Um, I'm, I'm one of those firm believers that we have to be in the present moment too. So that's very important. It's, it's harder than it sounds, but it's definitely very important. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, let's talk about how your TikTok basically blew <laughs> up and you have a whole bunch of followers and everything like that. So can you tell first our listeners where they can find you and what will they learn by following you there? Yes, absolutely. So on TikTok, I am at Coach Lizzie and I spell Lizzie L-I-S-Y. Um, and thank you, Marina. You're so sweet. Yes, TikTok has been this incredible platform that is such a pleasant surprise um, with how much I love it and how incredibly impactful it's been on my business and just to be able to spread as much love and light with people. Um, but what you can expect to find on my TikTok is primarily psychology-based content. And what I mean by that is I have had a whole series and it's still continuing. I think I'm at like, I don't even know, 20 or th- I think it's in the 30s now, um, that there's a series that I have called Psychological Facts That You Didn't Know About Yourself. And a lot of them are self-awareness. So as we've talked a little bit about what I, how, how deeply I value self-awareness, I really wanted my content to be, even if some of them are silly, like what does your favorite candy say about your personality or what does your favorite animal say about your personality or say about you? Some of them can be very silly, but I want my content to really help inspire people to reflect on what they like, what they don't like, who they feel the most connected to or who they like, um, what they like about themselves. You know, just this exploration because growing up in an environment where I felt that I didn't have that freedom and the space to really get to know who I am, I really value um, the space to be free and to be me, you know, whatever that looks like. But that exploration is really important. So a lot of it is psychology, mindset based, um, self awareness type of content. Great. Thank you. So I do have a little question for you. So what would be your reflective journal question if you had one? Ooh, that is a great question. So a reflection question. Yes. So I would say that if mm, let's, let's talk about 
like our strengths. Okay. So if, and I'm just thinking out loud here. So if I were to, to create a, a, a prompt, okay. um, it would be, um, what is one thing that I really like myself that gives me the ability to either do my job, be a mom, be a friend, and why. And I think that that prompt will really encourage whoever does it to look at themselves as like a puzzle piece. That's like the visual that just came to mind right now. Like when you are able to really identify your strengths and what makes you unique and what makes you you, you are an individual puzzle piece in the bigger picture. And whether that picture is your family or the picture is your job, people at work or, or the world, I mean, and not, or, and the world, you are part of that. And when you are able to look at your puzzle piece and say, okay, I see a little bit of blue sky in this piece. There's a little bit of clouds and I see where this piece fits in next to this piece to help make this bigger picture. I think that that helps us to really understand how beautifully unique we are as individuals and that without you, without your piece, the picture cannot be complete. And at the same time, helping you realize that you are part of this collective and will help you to really look at your strength as a superpower. Love it. (laughs) I know that <laughs> was a toughy question, but I had to throw it in there. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. And that's why I'm like, I need a moment to just like reflect on this really quick because I want it to be very, very thoughtful. And um, I'm glad that that resonated with you. Thank you. Of course. And okay, so we talked about TikTok. Where else can we reach you? And can you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Yes. So actually, I was going to say that where else you can find me aside from TikTok is my podcast or Twitter. Um, But truthfully, I have not been spending as much time on other platforms because a month and a half ago when I really committed myself to growing my coach practice and, and building my brand on TikTok, I went all in. And that's one thing like a lesson that I have recently been learning is what do I need to do first? What priority can I focus on first? Not what's the only priority or what's the only project. I'm one to say yes to a lot of things. I love to keep busy. I love working on projects, but I have really become very mindful of like my time and and saying to myself, what do I need to do first? So I said, first comes TikTok. (laughs) So um, I did it (laughs) and I'm still doing it. I, I make videos every single day and I post at least two to three every day. Um, so Twitter, I mean, I'm on Twitter at coach Lizzie as well. All of my, all of my things, whether it's Twitter or TikTok or YouTube or LinkedIn, everything is like the, you know, that platform forward slash coach Lizzie. Um, but my podcast, I would say is like the second, you know, the second location that I hang out around the most, um, So to share a little bit more about my podcast, it's called Found Family Podcast. 
And I really wanted this podcast to be a platform for people to share their stories of overcoming. Um, that to me is, again, as, as we talked about this resilience, I really want to use my voice and to use this, my podcast, this platform as a way for people to encourage others with whatever it is that they're going through and help to show that recovery is possible. So I know that a lot of the times we say like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm having a heart to heart with someone. But what I say is that on Found Family Podcast, we're connecting soul to soul. We're chatting soul to soul. And so the, the chats that I have on, on Found Family are called soul chats. And that is really the, the reason why. Um, I really want to help spread this message as well that you're not alone that no matter what it is that you're going through, even when it feels scary and when it feels uncertain and you feel like you are alone, you're not. Um, and I, I really just love the incredible energy and um, just all the good vibes that I felt when I learned that I wasn't alone and to be able to now, again, be this voice for others and really help others feel seen and feel heard. Um, you know, that, that's very important for me and something that I want to make sure I always talk about on the podcast. <laughs> that's really beautiful. The, I love how you said soul to soul. That's truly beautiful. Oh, thank you. And our last question is what does peace, learn, health mean to you? Ooh, peace, learn, health. So if I may break them up. Of course. <laughs> um, I mean, as, as a whole, peace, love, health to me means unity and connection with self and with others. Because when we feel like we are at peace with ourselves, we can be at peace with others. When we love ourselves, we can love others more. And when we feel like we are in good health, we can help others improve and strengthen their health. Um, so I would say that, that that is what all of that collectively means to me. But then I guess I sort of already broke down what each of the components mean to me. But <laughs> it's, it's very much, again, like the, the way I view it is in alignment with with what we've been talking about with self-awareness is that, you know, as you discover what peace means to you, what love means to you and what health means to you, then you are also able to use that self-definition to help spread peace, to help spread love and to help spread good health for others. Thank you. <laughs> Love You're it. welcome. So thank you thank so you. much. <laughs> thank you so much for being in my podcast. Of course, Marina. It is such a pleasure and such an honor. Thank you for tuning in to Peace Learn Health. If you want to be a guest in the show, all you have to do is send me a pitch by going ahead and telling me what you want to talk about, whether it's about spirituality whether it's about going ahead and talking about health, mindfulness, or your own self-improvement journey. And in order to do that, just email me at peacelearnhealth at hotmail.com. Podcast disclaimer. 
make sure you talk to your medical advisor or a professional advisor.